Welcome to the Wellness Renaissance Podcast, exploring topics to help you find the pieces that fit into your health puzzle. Hey, you guys, this is Judy with Wellness Renaissance and the Wellness Renaissance Podcast. This week, we're going to do a little bit of a different episode than we typically do. I actually have one in process that I was planning on putting out this week, but due to some schedule shifting around, I didn't quite get it done this weekend, and it's a uh, little bit longer episode, and it's a really great conversation, and I want to give it the attention it deserves for editing. So instead of rushing it through... I wanted to put something out, so I thought I would just kind of do a little bit more of a casual chit-chat and share just a kind of just some fun stuff with you guys, some fun slash interesting stuff. Some One of us less fun, but more interesting. Um, Hanging out, drinking my really good cardamom cinnamon tea that I got at the Finland store. I can't remember what town that was in, but I was inspired to have a cup of that tonight. It's very nice. I had to run to my kitchen to see, to remind myself exactly what it is. It's made by the Republic of Tea, and it is called Cardamom Cinnamon. And I don't know if this is the name of the tea, but it says Warm the Heart Herb Tea. So I don't know if that's a descriptor or a title, but it's interesting. I need to look up the word cardamom and understand when is it pronounced with an N, or not pronounced, but when is it spelled with N as the last letter? And sometimes it's spelled with an M. So cardamom, cardamom. Anyway, it's very delicious tea. And uh, so I am having that while I'm sitting and chatting with you guys. So a nice thing to accompany our tea uh, is chocolate. And I think I've probably mentioned this in the podcast before, but this is still one of my favorite things. I don't keep a lot of sweets in my house, but I do usually have like a, a really high cocoa chocolate bar because if I want something sweet... Usually a couple squares of chocolate bar can go a long way, a high a high cacao uh, chocolate bar. But this is one of the other things suggested to me by a doctor, so doctor recommended. Uh, <laughs> they are mint patties, and this is so cool. They're from Heavenly Organics, and if you are in Duluth, Minnesota, you've probably seen these at our co-op in the uh, chocolate end cap. And I have loved these for a long time. They are like one of those things that I have been able to have around the house and I can usually just have one if I really want something sweet for dessert. And I love mint. Um, All that is in this product is mint and honey and chocolate. And the co-op here, and you can buy this online and, and many other places where you can buy individual ones. So you can just get one and you can also get them in three packs or you can get them in bags. I love getting them in single packs because then there's no temptation or less temptation to eat number two and three when you buy them in three pack. So I love that. Anyway, but they're good. They're clean. They're tasty as heck. So um, I'm going to throw the link up there. But this is just one of my personal favorite things that I love. I love to share them with friends and and, uh, everybody, everybody loves them. And they're just, they're yummy and satisfying. And I like that in a treat. And it might be good to have, you know, a little chocolate for comfort, maybe a little peppermint for a digestive aid. If <laughs> you 
plan to watch The Social Dilemma. Well, I want to mention this because I actually was listening to one of the podcasts that I listen to occasionally, actually probably more than occasionally, one of the podcasts that I listen to is Armchair Expert with Dex Shepard and Monica Padman. And one of the episodes in November 19th, I think it was, yes, November 19th, Tristan Harris was the guest and he is the person who put together The Social Dilemma. He's also the co-founder and president of the Center for Humane Technology. So he's letting us know about this, but he's also trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we change things so the technology serves us, we don't serve the people behind the technology? Um, And so I'm bringing up this podcast episode, and I will put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, But the reason I mention this is because if you are somebody who hasn't watched The Social Dilemma yet, or you don't have Netflix, and you kind of are interested and want to know more about it, but again, don't have Netflix, or maybe just don't feel like you can sit down and watch it for whatever reason, this is really a great episode. Um, He talks about kind of what it is, and they kind of dive into, you know, some of the consequences and, and things. So it's a It's probably about the same length as a social dilemma, but it's a little different presentation. And there's some additional conversation around it that I think really helps us understand it even better. And he talks about some of the hopeful things, like what is going on in, I believe it's Taiwan, where they're creating this, you know how here (laughs) in the U.S., controversy. I, I, One of the things I have been told multiple times about my podcast is if you want your podcast to succeed and grow, you really need to have a lot more controversy in it. You need to take more solid stances, defend those stances no matter what, and create that sort of tension. And that's not really something I'm interested in, but it is something that our media is interested in, right? Like if you can pit people against each other or, you know, even the simplicity of the YouTube videos of watching people fail, it's a huge thing. This system that they're creating, and again, I don't even want to try to explain it. Basically, it's it's rewarding people differently and not rewarding for that. He explains it much better, so go listen to the podcast. But I just want to encourage you to listen to this. I think, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, it's a hard topic, right? We're all in this sort of soup. And it's really interesting, like in The Social Dilemma, you know, they talk about the people who have created this technology or the people who work at, you know, Apple and some of these companies, the people who sell the phones do not let their kids have phones or they're very specific about screen time or whatever. Like they understand what the technology is doing and how do we sort of live in this soup and not participate in it? And he's basically saying, let's try to change the soup. And he has some ideas about how that might work, but it's going to take a lot of political will for a lot of people on every side. One of the things that he said that I loved was he said that some people who lived in households where the um, political climate was maybe a strain, instead of watching the debates, They watch The Social Dilemma together instead. So something interesting to think about as we go into the holidays. Not exactly cheery and bright conversation exactly, but it might spur some very fascinating conversations that might replace other ones that are harder. And I know we're not all getting together for the most part these holiday seasons, but 
you know, you can always have a viewing party or a gather together. You don't have to do it for the holidays, of course, but it is something that is really interesting to hear other people's perspectives and experiences on because it is kind of crazy. And we've normalized it so much that we just kind of accept it, right? We make it a joke um, about the fact that, you know, it feels like Google is hearing us because you Google something really weird or random and it knows what you're saying, you know, and how all the things we search for end up in our other feeds of our other social media and that kind of thing and in advertisements and stuff. But I think there's a lot of real true value in understanding what that really means for us or what it could mean. I mean, there are things that he's looking at that, you know, it's about the future and how can we maybe adjust. So he talks about that a little bit. Definitely worth checking out. And I, you know, and I guess I really would say, I, I really think that The Social Dilemma or, you know, even an interview or a podcast, something where he's really talking about what it's all about, is kind of important as we are a part of the system, as we are on the computer, as we are on Facebook, all of these things. It's kind of good to just have an understanding of what you're dealing with and know you can't necessarily do anything about it right away. But in The Social Dilemma, they do talk about things that you can do to help yourself. Anyway, understanding I think is just important and powerful and helps us understand what sometimes is going on on our computer screen and also might prepare us to be supportive of shifts as they come along to really understand what we're looking at and what's really happening. You know, it's kind of funny because we we talk about so many different things and how they take away our rights. And it's kind of crazy when you think of what the social dilemma, like the conversation about what's going on behind the scenes, that is taking away our rights. It's taking away our choice. It is directing us down a very particular path. So it's something to think about. If, if our rights are important to us, this is one of those things we should probably be looking at and not just brushing under the rug because... Well, again, listen to the podcast and understand how one of the things he talks about is how we focused on our physical borders, but our technology borders have really been left open. That in and of itself is quite crazy. You don't have to get to the internal states physically to have access to all of that information. So enough of my rambling about it. Go check it out. It's really good. And if you want to skip to the humane technology piece of it, I'm just going to throw that information out there. It's the Center for Humane Technology at humanetech.com. And that's kind of all I got. I'm trying to think of like what other cool things I can share with you. I've shared with you my my tasty tea. And uh, I finally watched The Martian yesterday, um, the one with Matt Damon. It's taken me a while to see that because I saw Interstellar when that was out in the theater and I was kind of mad at Matt Damon for what he did in that movie. So I didn't go see The Martian right away. But now I'm in the midst of reading the audio version of the book and watched the movie yesterday. Very good movie. Intense and differently intense than The Social Dilemma, but definitely intense. And that brings me to one other thing that I want to mention. You know, there is so much media 
to consume, whether it's audio, visual, reading, whatever the case might be. There's a ton of podcasts. There's a ton of videos. And oh, that brings me to one point, if you haven't seen The Social Dilemma. One of the things I do recommend is when you're on YouTube and there's the recommended videos, don't click on the recommended videos. Put in what you want to search. So the the sidebar is that it's that curated collection they've created for you. And perhaps that might even bring you down a very particular pathway that somebody has an agenda for you to go down. But that was one of the things that they said is don't click, but choose, type in the thing that you want. So it's in a sense your choice and not you taking what is spoon fed to you. But the point that I want to make with that, and there are a lot of points that I I could make with that, but the point that I want to make with that right now is that there is so much material that you could spend your time watching and there's a lot of uh, uh, money and whatever to get you to do particular things and watch particular things and listen to particular things. And I just want to say thank you for being here and listening to my podcast. I I don't have that kind of a budget. It's all here by myself. So I don't have the kind of budget that really I can push those types of agendas. And for some people, when they're, you know, putting $10,000 into marketing a month, bless their hearts for being able to do that. That's amazing. That's not where I'm at. So I want to thank you for reading the emails, looking at the Facebook posts, sharing the information with other people. You, you know, you're the friend, right? Like I appreciate when my friends um, share stuff with me and, you know, it's kind of a plug for saying share the podcast, but not just mine, other people's, you know, other people's stuff to to let other people know what other people are doing that you appreciate. People that are working really hard to do the thing that they're doing and they're doing it with integrity. I'm just saying, you know, having that awareness because we can get so easily and I raise my hand totally understanding this as well as being part of it is I get caught up in those filters and those curated collections and all of that too. And I appreciate it when they're dead on. That's fantastic. But know that there is a system behind the scenes that's doing that. And it's really awesome when it gets it right. But also be aware that it also has its own agenda. So anyway, that's just to say thank you so much for being part of my podcast listening audience. I really do appreciate you. Thank you for being here. And I really, truly do want to take a moment, um, as I always do. But, you know, again, this just awareness of listening to this just reminds me of how how appreciative I am of the people who are supporting me on Patreon. I really do appreciate that you are, in a sense, voting with your dollars and supporting me that way. And that means the world to me, it really, really does. And I know that's, I say that, and I've probably said that multiple times, but it doesn't make it less true. It's, it means a lot to have you supporting this work and my ideas and missions and concepts. So thank you so much for doing that. And that brings me to sharing with you the supporter of this podcast episode, which is Green Home Solutions. They are your indoor air quality experts. They handle mold, disinfection, odor, 
allergen control. They can take the smell out of furniture. They can take the mold out of your house. If your house is smelling musty, that might be mold. One of the things that I really appreciate about them is the process that they use to do their mold cleanup. What they are using is often very friendly to people who have really severe allergies and sensitivities. And from knowing some folks with mold issues and having struggles cleaning up um, and not hurting themselves further in the process, it's a pretty important deal. So I wanted to just mention this Facebook post that they put up, and this is Green Home Solutions Duluth. They have this post from November 18th, and it talks about how their products work. It's a little picture thing, and it's entitled How Our Products Work. Using our plant-based enzymatic solution and it talks about each phase of what it does so there's amylase there's lipase and there's protease and the cool thing about the protease is that it attacks the protein at the mold's core or nucleus preventing them to be released into the air that you're breathing that's an important piece of this and then they go in and clean all of that out so that is really important if you really are having some sensitivity to mold because it gets it out and that is ultimately what you're looking for and what you need and if you're having covid concerns and you need some disinfection i want to make sure that i mention that too is they have ways to help you disinfect They have solutions for challenges when you need to sort of reset your environment. So give them a call. You can find them on the web at greenhomesolutions.com or call 1-800-SOLUTIONS. If you go on their website, you can enter your zip code and it will get you to the nearest Green Home Solutions to you. So if I do that, I see that I could call Steve and his crew at 218-206-9549. All right. Well, that is going to do it for me. I am a little scared to go back and edit this because I'm doing this much later than I normally do. And uh, so that can get a little bit tricky when it gets a little late. Bear with me. And (laughs) I am actually, I have to say, I am actually very proud of myself and my body because one of the things I have been challenged with for quite a while now is some really challenging sleep patterns that I haven't quite been able to figure my way out of. And so I am currently doing this very weird sleep restriction. So my bedtime is 2 a.m. and (laughs) and I can get about four or five hours of sleep, partially because that's when I'm supposed to wake up. But that's pretty much all my body is letting me have. So um, and that doesn't mean I wake up refreshed and excited to greet the world. Believe me, If I could have five hours of sleep and have the rest of the day in uh, perfect, functional, go-get-a-mode, oh man, that would be beautiful, but that's not quite what's happening. So anyway, if you have any brilliant ideas, I am open to listening. That being said, it's it's 10 o'clock right now, and I would love to crash out, but the way my body seems to work lately, if I did, I would be up at midnight and then be up for the rest of the night. So that's not fun either. So wish me luck. Send me some good sleep vibes, baby. I could use them. All right. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Wait a minute. That's Casey Kasem. I am not Casey Kasem, although I wanted to be. I think that would have been a fun career choice. Uh, (laughs) 
All right, let's try that again. Apparently my brain is working on a random and strange autopilot. Take care and may you continue to find the pieces that fit beautifully and effortlessly, but productively in your health and wellness puzzle.